I get this text message from a, a good friend of mine who's been persistently trying to get me to play basketball for the last four, yeah, four years on and off. In this social roster. In this social roster. He is absolute captain social basketball. <laughs> so, captain social basketball. So part of that is also getting other people to play when you're short on numbers. So he texts me. That's the social part of it. Yeah, that's right. Mm, getting the numbers. <laughs> he texts me and said, you must be bored. Why don't you come and play basketball? And normally I'd say, nice try, not today. Yep. I just pulled the trigger and said, yes, I'm on. Wow. And I said, have low, have low expectations. That was three hours before the game. So you're a big recruitment for social basketball. No. Uh, like people. Not at my age. People know of your achievements. But not at my age, though. Right. Okay. Yes, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. But now I'm sort of, you know. It's that next. Getting towards mid-40s. Yeah. It's like there's a fair loss of everything. Yeah. So the game's about, so we fought, so I'm back at the game and we've got the five players and I work through that and think, oh, well, I'll, I'll give it a try. The game prior to ours finishes, there, and it makes me realise there's an inverse relationship between your age and the amount of warm-up you need to do. Yes. Absolutely. The older you get, the more warm-up you need, yep. but it becomes less and less and less and less. Mm-hmm. So we have a bit of a shot. I start running up and down a few times. And I wonder why don't we warm up more and stretch more when we're older? How's the calf feeling at this stage? A uh, little twingy. Yeah. little twingy, yep. but okay. People are time poor. They just want to get on with the game and get home and watch MasterChef. I don't know. Why, why, aren't, they, why aren't we warming up? I think you want to look like you're not taking it too seriously. Yes. Imagine if you're going half-time footy, uh, you know, grand final, and you, you're kicking the footy to each other, and you go, "Sorry, hang on, I just got to do 15 minutes, just loosen up the hammies, and you know, like." But the reality you go straight is, into it. But you, you need to. You need to. More than ever, as when you're older. More than ever. So yeah. I think it's two things. I think that is where you don't look too serious. Yeah. You're warming up too hard. It's like, oh, yeah. Who's this guy? Who's this years? guy? Yeah. The other one is the shoes and the uniform that you wear. Say a lot about you. You don't want to look like you don't want to wear the full uniform first up because it's as though you're part, you're an ingrained part of the of the team, which you're not yet. Yes. You're really trying to project. I'm just a ring in. I'm interested. I'm going to have a bit of a run around. Yeah, but you don't look like you're too serious. Yeah, it's a fine line to balance that, isn't it? Well, when I look up in the stands and I toddle up the crowd, there's a crowd. Is there no. a crowd? Of... No, zero. No one. There's no one there. Nobody. So all this thinking going on is relative to I don't know who. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other players are potentially judging other, you if you're got, over warming up too long. They've got their they've got their own issues to deal with. I think. Yeah, right. I don't think they're really concerned with what I'm doing. No. So I work. I work through the warm warm up. The game starts. It takes me a while to get into it. It was a bit of adrenaline, a bit of excitement. Yes. Does there? Does there? I was going to say when the whistle blow blew. Is there a whistle? Well, a the, so, oh, so, no. uh, what do you call it? A horn or there's, something? There's a tip off. The, the balls, the balls thrown up at the start. Okay. I can't highlight. The, there's enough. no commentators, are there? No. 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 <laughs> I, I can't highlight <laughs> the social nature of this game. Yes. The umpire is pretty casual. Probably blows the whistle four or five times a game. Stands, Just lets it go. Stands at half court. The scores yep. don't go up in the scoreboard until half time. Yeah. Umpire checks your Facebook most of the game. I don't know, but that that. <laughs> That is possible. Yeah. Being in the flow, I enjoyed. Yeah. So there's moments where it's like when you're playing sports or things that you've enjoyed from when you're young, I'm sure it's the same across other mm-hmm. disciplines of life. If, mm-hmm. you, if you've been a sewer or a knitter or a 
guitar player, when you're yep. playing it, after a while you just get back into that headspace where everything you're doing is focused on the task. Zone moments. Zone moments. Flow moments. Exactly right. So I had a few. I had a few of those. Yep. Where Good. I was, where I was like really just engaged in what I was doing. I had to concentrate. Yep. You're present. Absolutely present. Otherwise, you're going to either get hurt or get hit with the ball. Yeah, yeah. The game goes on. At no point during this game do I leave terra firma. Yes. I don't leave the ground at all. I'm, I just have. Is that because of the calf restriction? And just, just cannot jump anymore. Right. Just, just. Can't, <laughs> Old guys can't jump. Just can't get off the ground. Yeah. Uh, I fail to trouble the scorers. So I play the whole game because we have the five players, but I don't actually make a basket. Do you, are you playing in like a, a an attacking position where you should be like point guard or whatever where you should be normally scoring? Mm. Unlike netball, yes, this game is where point guard is basketball. Not it netball, is, it yeah. is, but you don't have attacking positions and defensive positions. You don't just, you? You're all playing together. So just Both ways, so you go from defense to offense. Oh, I learned back, something. Back and forth. Okay. So I have two shots during the game, and they just felt horrendous. You know that kind of muscle memory? It's like, oh, yuck. Yeah. That wasn't pretty. Mm. So none of them go in. Yep. But I'm happy at the end of the game, I survived. So I come home, ice both my legs, ice my knees. Ice? you got to ice. Ice bath. you got to ice. Is that the key, is it? That's the key. Right. you got to ice. Okay. The next morning, it takes me a long time to get to sleep because my body's really hot. I'm not used to that playing sport of a night time. I haven't done it for a while. It takes yep. me a long time to get to sleep. Yes. Wake up the next morning and there's that critical moment where you wake up, roll out of bed after a new sporting endeavour mm-hmm. and your foot hits the ground. It's like, how's this going to go? Yeah. How am I going to pull up here? How sore am, am I, I? going to be? Yeah. And as my foot hits the ground, it brings two questions to mind for me. Yes. One is... Why, why bother coming back? Mm-hmm. And the second one is, how did I even fall in love with basketball in the first place? To try and better understand my comeback story, I'm going to turn to one of the great comebacks in movie history and in popular culture, the story of Rocky Balboa, as told through the Rocky films. If I take you to Rocky, it was released in 1976, mm-hmm. written by Sylvester Stallone in three days. Sylvester Stallone wrote it? He did. He shopped it to the studios and they wanted to buy it. He was allegedly offered $250,000. He refused to sell because he wanted a star in it. (laughs) There's one clause. I'm I'm the main guy. And didn't it turn out to be a good decision on his end? Yeah. So it cost a million dollars to make, grossed $225 million, got nominated for 10 Academy Awards and won three, including for Best Picture. Does Rocky lose? Rocky loses in the 15th round. Hashtag spoiler alert. <laughs> Hashtag end of Rocky 1. He loses. He loses. Wow. But he goes 15 rounds, so it's... Well, he achieved his goal. Yeah. Three years later, 1979, Rocky 2. Gross $200 million was written again by Sylvester Stallone. Wow. Rocky has said no comeback. It goes to the doctor after the fight. It picks up where the last movie left off. So this is now New Year's Day, 1976. Uh-huh. The doctor says, Rocky, your eye's fucked. You should never fight again. Adrian, she agrees with him. She agrees that, Rocky, this is it, mate. No more. No comebacks. It's all over. Yeah. Apollo Creed is in the same hospital. Comes oh. and says, Rocky. Opposite beds. <laughs> Let's do it again. Let's go again. And Rocky Let's says, rumble again. He says, no. 
And that brings me to my first observation of comebacks or why not to come back. Yes. The fear of injury. Mm. It really, and as you get older, it's a real driver is instead of thinking the opportunity before you, it's what if I get hurt? Well, Rocky and Adrian, they're perhaps thinking maybe they're planning a family. And, you know, it's, it's tough to raise kids if you've got a dicky eye. That's right. Because, you know, there's bigger, bigger issues here, Rocky. And for me, playing basketball again, if I blew out my knee, mm-hmm. hurt my, you know, did some sort of major injury, it would yep. involve time off work. Yep. I think as we get older, we get more perhaps committed to our careers and our other commitments. Yep. When you're young, you're chasing glory. You're just, you're just yep. trying to get better at all costs at what you're trying to do. And that just doesn't... That's your number one it. priority. The second thing is, I think there's an instigator to comebacks. Someone to help you along the line. So Rocky's got Apollo who's really wanting him to come back. Which is his nemesis. His nemesis, yes. So it's an interesting role. He's playing a dual role as both uh, nemesis and impetus. Yes. Person. Yes. Impetus person. Of which I had the same. Who's my friend, the social basketball guru. And your nemesis. No. No. No, but an instigator. Someone to get you back into the fold. Yeah, yeah, someone yeah. Help you get back to tennis or back to Chess. playing your instrument or yeah. your, someone to, to help you. A get, facilitator. A facilitator. Yes. Rocky says, no, I'm not going to fight. He persists with this for a long time during the film and then eventually it just comes down to their old friend, Cash. Cash. Rocky spends all his money. He gains endorsements <sighs> from the fight. He spends all his money. Right. And I'm not sure how much of a money manager Rocky is because I know in later Rocky films, Rocky buys a robot. Does he? Yeah. Egg yolks aren't cheap. <laughs> well, it shows where he came from, didn't it? doesn't it? Yeah. You know, that was his training back then. So eventually Rocky comes back. Again, it goes to the 15th round. Who would have believed it? Back to the 15th round. They hit each other. They both fall to the ground in an iconic slow motion scene. When Rocky climbs up the rope, reaches his feet first, and he's declared the heavyweight champion oh. of the world. I felt that. Three years later, 1982, well, Rocky three, oh. grosses $270 million. Surely, what's Rocky got to come back from this time? He's already the champ. He's been the champ. He's had 10 defences of his title. Then Clubber Lang, played by Mr T. Oh, of A-team of fame, yes. challenges him and says, Rocky, you haven't been fighting anyone of any sort of credentials. You haven't been fighting worthy opponents. You've been fighting chumps. He's just been playing social boxing. Exactly right. Mm. Social boxing. Yes. And Mr T says, why don't you fight me? Rocky goes through this. He understands from his trainer, Mickey. For some yeah. reason, his trainer's organising the fights, which is not normal. It's normally the manager. Right. And he confesses, yes, Rocky, I've been protecting you with your bung eye and all your problems. Are I still a problem? I've been, I've been protecting you. Right. Wow. Brings me to my next point about coming back. Yes. Rocky eventually, pride. Ah. So Rocky's pride starts to build in him that I need to... Sh- I can still do this. I need to show that I am still the champ. For me, pride, in reference to my comeback, was more about... Not wanting to embarrass yourself. Mm-hmm. Especially after you've played something or done something for a long time, you just don't want to be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And I think that was something that I had to work through. Okay. As far as, I just don't want to look stupid. But there's very small chance of that, considering your 
skill in this in this region. But right? you're also losing an ability. You, 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 it's it's acceptance, perhaps, of a declining yes declining skill that you could perhaps do well. Yeah. Once before. Yes. And again, no one cares. That you were once good. <laughs> no one cares about what you're thinking. This stuff. No. But this is more. This is your. This is your. Which stuff. you have to have to have to have to work through. Is that, you know, I just don't want, don't want to look bad. And I also don't want to get frustrated because it is the traditional older man's declining sort of sporting efforts can turn into frustration. Mm, mm. So that was what I was scared of as well. Rocky, however, is willing to take on Clubber Lang. Mr. So T. Pride's a good thing for him. It's not the fatal sin of Satan that, you know, it's not the... No. It's a good emotion for him. For Unless him. he loses. Oh, yeah. And Adrian leaves. And... Well, she doesn't want him to fight. So Rocky fights Mr. T, and in fact, he does lose. Oh! Out of nowhere, after the fight, comes his old opponent... Was Mr. T really buffed? He was. He wasn't that tall, though. Oh, and a lot of gold chains. Did yeah. he get rid of the gold chains? Mm. Oh. Uh, for this, yes. Good. I reckon he was only about 5'10". Okay. Just before the fight, Clubber Lang, Mr. T, pushes Rocky's favourite trainer, father figure, mentor, Mickey, who ends up having a heart attack. So Rocky loses the fight to Mr. T, Clubber Lang, comes into the change room and then nurses his trainer of some 10 years who dies in his arms. Dies in his arms. Dies Caused in his arms. by the Mr. T character. character. So I'm feeling redemption coming on. It's a redemption story for yes. Rocky. Yes. And again, I didn't have that. You didn't have the redemption. I didn't, I didn't have some opponent or something that I really wanted to prove something. That's what you were missing, an overarching narrative of redemption, some a deeper story that you could prove someone wrong or yeah. square the wrongs. That's not the right saying. No, it's not square the wrongs. Square the wrongs. Circle the wrongs. Square the ledger. Square the ledger. Right the wrongs. Right the wrongs. Right the wrongs. I didn't have that. You needed it. Well, you needed an overarching earlier mythology. You know, maybe when that was younger, you were driven by that. Though some sort of opponent was driving you you to training and trying to, you know, beat that opponent. Yes. And again, of course, Rocky, famous running through the streets. This time, with one of the greatest soundtrack songs of all time. Is this when Bruce comes in? Bruce Springsteen has no relationship <gasps> to the Rocky trilogy. Why? Why not? You have to ask Bruce. Eye of the he Tiger. nothing to do. Oh, Eye of the Tiger. By Survivor, which again, uh-huh. for most people, is the story of... An iconic I... moment in film history. Absolutely. Yeah. It uh, is, isn't it? Yeah. Eye of the Tiger is used to, as, as a pump-up song. Yeah. A pump-up song. The ultimate pump-up song. And, and one of the common themes through all the Rocky is the montage of the training and the... The pump-up. It's what I immediately think of when I think of Rocky. You're using Rocky as this framework for understanding your comeback. Are you actually explicitly channeling this on the basketball court? Are you... Is there a sense of, like, the montage, the the survivor eye of the tiger stuff running through through your head? Is it... Are you using this to get up for the social basketball? No. In my youth, though, I think that those things were inspiring. Karate Kid, Star Wars, particularly Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. and Rocky was this idea that if you worked hard, things would just work out. You would win the tournament, you'd win the heavyweight title, you'd become a Jedi. I spent a fair amount of my, I think I was probably 11 years old, 
fair amount of that year trying to move things with my mind. Me too. Every self-respecting <laughs> person between the age of ten, 8 and 12 should have spent at least six months wonder, trying, to, trying to work out whether they had the force. I wonder to what extent that was like a young kind of white male thing, right? I wonder how many women were doing, young girls were doing that, trying to move stuff with their, with their mind because they wanted to be a Jedi. There was no pump-up song. Mm-hmm. There was no montage. You could have walked out with the like Nick Kyrgios style <laughs> with the headphones on. A lot of professional athletes do Absolutely. this. Absolutely. It's all about their headphones. You could have come on, done the warm-up with the inspirational YouTube montage <laughs> yes. playing in your ears. Yes. Got Rocky! And looked like a complete wanker. Yeah. Game two, slight calf problems from the first one. But what was, in, what was interesting about this game, at one point I received the ball and I laid it in and I scored my first points of the comeback. And what was interesting was there was no thought. There was no... There was just caught it, laid it in. It was pure remembering how this worked. Just in the moment. Yeah. Just happening. And it felt good. Good. It felt good. And what also felt good was changing the percentages of when you actually went for a contest. When I was younger, you'd be trying to get the ball no matter what. And if you had a low chance of getting to the ball, you'd be throwing yourself at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Desperate. Now it's about Strategic. 90%. Yeah, only when it's like virtually right next to Correct. you. Correct. I've got my 90% chance of getting it. I ain't making any sudden movements, folks. I'm going for it. Otherwise, you can have it. Yeah. But I finished game two. Out. Not injured. Sore again, but not injured. Did you do a warm-up this time? So or more expensive? A one? little bit more warm-up than last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you wear a bit more like kit this time to show, hey... I'm one of the I'm one of the players. I did I? wear a different singlet that matched the team. Yes, yeah, so you're edging closer. Yep, that's how it works. In order to come back from something, there must be some love in the first place. And I've often wondered, like, when did I first fall in love with basketball? I started when I was about six or seven, which I think is a is a good age to start getting an interest in something. Mm-hmm. Do you think most people fall in love with an endeavour or a sport or a hobby? Most people have kind of passion, do you think, for something? Oh, gee, it's a, it's a difficult question. I mean, it's certainly something that it's great if you can have it, mm. you know, that you can be passionate about something, something that helps give, you know, a sense of purpose and meaning and direction to your life. And something to do. Something to do. Mm. Keep you off the streets, as mm. my mum would say. Well, the first time I thought, looking back, that I really fell in love with basketball... So it was 1986. I've been playing basketball for about six or seven years. And I was 13. And up at the Silverdome, there was a game between the uh, Launceston Ocelots, which was a, 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 the team that started in the, the sort of National League in Launceston. Um, and so I sold the programs at the front. I was all in. I was right. all in. I loved it. I loved every second of it. What was it? The sense, the sense of theatre, the sense of occasion... Something exciting about to happen, the contest. The fact that I was into it, the fact that I played that sport, and I think this is interesting to do with, say, Hawthorne playing in Launceston, the AFL football team, that Mm. gives children a chance to to aspire and to look up and to realise, oh, this is where this can take you. To see it performed at the highest level. At the higher level, and it's kind of, there's some adulation, there's crowds cheering, and and it's just very, very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. A quarter time they draw draw the raffle, and they draw out three winners for the raffle and my father rest in peace he was one of the winners of the raffle 
at, at, ah, at quarter time. That's a big moment. It is. What that raffle ticket entitled you to was at half time to have a shot from halfway. No way. It certainly That's is. That's massive. So during the second quarter, uh, my father must have found me, told me he had the ticket. The I, golden ticket. golden ticket. And I said to him, this is going in. And what was funny was he's a, he, he's a very he was a very sort of humble, quiet man who didn't sort of tolerate any sort of self praise. Yes, but he didn't say anything. The prize was a wood heater for making this shot. It's a Tasmanian moment. Nowadays, it can be half a million dollars or a car. Yeah. Interestingly, how it works is they actually take out insurance on those shots. Right. That's how it works. So that, so they, all those shots they have from halfway or trick shots or whatever they are, they're insured. So that, so, they're, they, so they if take, they go in... Yeah. Really? Yeah. They take out... Yes. They pay a premium to insure against the event that it goes in. Not the case here, though. I think the wood heater was on site. <laughs> Ready to go. And I said, this is going in. And so you're obviously playing basketball at yeah, this time. Been, you, yes, been playing you, you've been playing. playing for you're six into years. it. But I didn't really think about it too much. I just thought it's going in. Wow. And I said, and I'll sell it to you. shaking confidence. I said, and I'll sell it to you for $100. And he said, okay. You said that to your dad? Hmm. Arrogance. I said, this is going in and I'll sell it to you for $100. And he said, okay. I think it was a key moment because he didn't question it. He didn't shake my my belief. No. He wanted you to get it in. Oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah. At halftime, they, they call out the uh, the raffle ticket winners. I go out. I'm second in line. I can't remember what happened with the first shot. Is the heart just beating out of your chest? Uh, you it remember? Was, it was beating. It's a long time ago. It's a long time ago, yeah. but it was a pretty big moment. It's a it, huge moment it, in the kid's life. It, was be- it definitely was beating. But also, you know when you're really trying to do something, you're not thinking too much. I remember that. I, was like, I wasn't really thinking about it too much. You know, you try and do it. That's where like, you want to be in these moments. Yep. So he handed me the ball. I took two bounces. It was an underarm kind of hook shot because I couldn't make the distance. I was a very sort of small little fellow. On the three-point line? Halfway line. Halfway line? What part about halfway shot was not clear? Oh, my Lord. I was just thinking, how old did you say you were? 13. I was like, wow. Halfway line. Halfway this line. This was a halfway line shot. Two bounces, and it was kind of a scoop under hook shot. Threw it up. It just sailed through the air and straight in. You're joking. Has your life got... Is that the best moment in your life? It's one of them. One of them. And I just remember just throwing my arms in the air and just jumping. And (laughs) I know it sounds sounds a little concerned, but the crowd did explode. They would have. They did. They would have absolutely gone wild. They they absolutely cheered. I I was just very excited. I wasn't too... I had one sort of pump of the arms. And kept it. Then I was back down. And then it was just all the kind of... It was all show me the heater. (laughs) Show me the heater. Uh, And then I walked off. And the funny thing was, I was actually there on a date, which is which is quite interesting because I didn't have any. It was probably my only date between age thirteen and seventeen. You might have got a little peck on the cheek that evening. No, I remember walking back down and sitting down, and at this stage, it's like this is probably well, it was. This is the best day of my life. It, it, I'm here with a girl. Yeah, I've got the shine from halfway. Yeah, I've got every person in the whole stadium who saw it is saying, "Well who, done." Who is this kid? And well done. You're getting a new wood heater. Getting a new wood heater. Uh, and I sit down next to her and she says, well done. I think she said something like that. 
No, he didn't speak for the rest of the game. Wow. She was shy, I was shy. Tough to please. I had other things on my mind. If you can't impress a girl with the wing of a wood heater... The half... The half... What do you call it? Halfway shot? It's halfway, indicating that it's half the court. Uh, right. It's halfway. A halfway line. Not half line? No. Halfway. 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 The irony turned out to be, as I was stacking wood for that fucking wood heater... <laughs> Over the next 10 years, <laughs> that my own deal had really come back to bite me. You paid. In the bottom. I you should paid. have said, and... I'll trade it for an electric heater. I will never stack wood. <laughs> I didn't say that. Uh, that heater provided a lot of warmth to our, to our family over a, over a long period of time. The next day, I was on the front page of The Examiner. Were you? Yes, which is a local paper. Yes. With a, sh- with a big article about it. That is and brilliant. That's one of those moments, I think, where it probably cemented my love of basketball. And also, the fact that you could, ju- you could just do things. I thought, I used to practice and I used to do things and I was getting a lot of external reward yeah. at a very young age. As you, as you said, it probably was the pinnacle and it was all downhill from there. I don't think your life has got... I don't think anything in your life will meet that. I mean, there's kids, there's degrees, there's getting a great job. Nothing, nothing, nothing's as good as that. You, you cast your mind back to that little boy achieving the impossible and here you are, X number of years later, back out in the 30. court, 30 years later... Uh, do you think of that moment? No. Don't you? No, but I think there is some sort of self-belief that came from that moment, that kind of naming something up and then actually doing it. At that time, that seemed quite normal, that you just say, oh, I'm going to do this, and it, and it went in. And funny enough, at the end of the game, of game three the other night, we rebounded the ball. There was about three seconds to go. And I was under the ring up our end. And I thought, I'm going to get this here. And then the ball came to me and I shot it. And that confidence to take the shot had no doubt that I was going to shoot it. And at one moment when I left man, I thought, that's going in. And it missed by about three metres. Okay. I'm thinking maybe some visualisation on those shots. No. Channeling the 13-year-old. And I I think it's perhaps a, a really good metaphor for... Aging and things not going quite as well as they did in your youth. 